Welcome, everybody. It's February 28th, and this is the We Are MCBS podcast. And oh my gosh, look at the room filled with Hall of Fame 9 podcast team. Hey, everybody. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo, indeed. And hello. And as we as we kick it off today, uh, we have with us in the room for a special podcast episode, the Kathy Craven, program director for the entire MCBS program. Can you believe that? Well, Jason, thanks for having me. It's such a privilege to be with these podcast rock stars. Well, the privilege is all ours, Kathy, because we might have worked hard for the entire Hall of Fame, but it's our MCBS family that really rocked it, this Hall absolutely, of Fame. Could, could not believe the magic that was made by all the different teams. Speaking of magic, we have with us in the podcast room, standing next to a mic, ready to talk about Yvonne Albino's interview the people that actually interviewed and recorded and sound engineered the interview for Yvonne Albino. We have Tyler Ozzy Oswald and Carlos Cordova III. Amanda Amaral. I just wanted to talk with you guys today a little bit about the interview process. I That's my own uh, media background it has to do with a lot of interviewing. So I can really appreciate what that's like uh, and especially when you're sitting down and recording you know you're being recorded so different than just you know hanging out somewhere having a conversation at a coffee shop or something so what were you thinking what was going through your mind as you were about to sit down in front of that mic I don't want to mess this up fair enough (laughs) fair enough when it actually came down to it though uh, and when they move to the interview later on in this segment you will find out that me and Yvonne had this odd connection. So when I found that out in my research, I wanted to try to make it as casual of a conversation as possible while still touching on some very uh, intricate points to his mission statement and all that. It was definitely a privilege just to see someone that already graduated and maybe like in a year or two already has the position in the industry that we probably will look up to. So it was nice. Cool. So, you uh, you know, a lot of MCBS students have heard about the legend of Yvonne Albino. So what was it like to actually meet him? What was surprising? Anything he said? Or you, what was it, anything surprising or unexpected? Uh, I will say that he was very approachable, and I feel like he was just one of us. He definitely f- um, made us feel like that, almost like he was student in that moment he wasn't so talking about how was his routine and you know his classes and remember everything the the memories that he had here in school so I thought he was very approachable and open up for us to contact him anytime we need to so it was great great so what about like off-the-cuff stuff that came up did you can you kind of tell us about that process when you're actually sitting down in the interview and something comes into your mind that oh this isn't really what I was planning on talking about but I'm going to go with this thing what's that what's that process like for you you know one of the initial questions we actually asked him went off the rails almost uh we went on a three to four minute segue about the weather and uh teleprompters um and his experience when he worked on the uh, daily buzz here at full sale and so unfortunately this is why i bring it up because i did have to cut it out of the interview because as much as i would have loved to put the 20 30 minutes that we had fully um our full conversation with him up there there was just some parts that had to be for time's sakes only and that didn't make it and it was just this nice three four minutes about teleprompters that was about it 
Right, because the style of the podcast is very conversational. So there's a there's kind of a nuance to that where you have to be planned, but you have to keep it casual too, right? So what's your process when you're interviewing him if someone else has a question? How do you communicate with each other? Did you have a plan for that? Basically, we all did research um, of Albino, um, but after Ozzy was finished with the interview, Amanda and I, we got to ask the questions that were building up after um, listening to what he and Ozzy had to say. That's great. Well, congratulations. Uh, it sounds like you guys had an incredibly successful um, experience with Hall of Fame. Awesome. We'd just like to thank you, the school, for the Hall of Fame because it's amazing. I think everybody here could just really jump up and down and talk about how great Hall of Fame was, and we would if we had the time. Instead, we're going to throw this directly to the interview itself. Let's hear what Yvonne had to say himself while he was here during Hall of Fame 9. Kathy, thank you so much for being yeah, here today. Yeah, thanks. It's been a privilege. Hello, hello, hello. This is Tyler Ozzy Oswald from the We Are MCBS podcast. And we are Boots on the Ground Hall of Fame 9. We are sitting with a BuzzFeed video fellow, former worker for Telemundo, former maker studio worker, and also worked on the Daily Buzz. We are sitting with Yvonne Albino. Yes, you got it. Yeah, I've been practicing that in the shower for the nice. past three days i love that you say yvonne and i love that you said albino so that's yeah. good all right so yvonne tell us a little bit about yourself all right well thanks for that great introduction <laughs> first of all um so yeah my name is yvonne albino i am an mcbs grad from 2015 not that long ago <laughs> woo, woo. um i am currently with buzzfeed i am my title is social video uh, producer technically but pretty much I do a lot of things over there I am contributor to Paralike which is BuzzFeed's Hispanic channel um, and then I also produce and edit videos for BuzzFeed's Instagram accounts so you might see some tasty good full nifty videos that I edit here and there um, yeah fun stuff yeah you know we were going through a lot of the uh backlog and all that and you touched on everything i wanted to ask <laughs> so we have no need for the no we actually have a good lineup of questions for you so with that little introduction out of the way you know there's actually one thing i wanted to bring up and it's a very odd connection that you and i actually have what is that so in researching a lot of your work history it came up that you worked for maker studios at one point yes so this was after the disney acquisition i used to work for one of the founders of maker Studios before the acquisition, Philip DeFranco. Nice. So we have that weird connection, you know, even though you worked after the acquisition, I technically worked with one of the founders after he was not a part of Maker, but it's just that odd little connection that we have. So let's dive right into questions. Cool. So for a bit of backstory, what did your five-year-old self want to do? Because I know I wanted to be a Power Ranger. You know, I feel like I've always had the interest for the cameras. <laughs> I always wanted to be an actor growing up. Right. And it's still something that I do, but that interest kind of evolved. So present like show and tells and school plays were my favorite thing. I always got A pluses on that. Didn't get A pluses on like quizzes and tests, mm -hmm. but that's not part of the conversation. Um, 
And yeah, then it kind of evolved into this hosting thing that I'm now kind of pursuing, but I feel like I always had interest in arts entertainment. All right, so this is another one. This is kind of a personal question for me too, because I started working in the industry, you know, right out the gate. I tried going through internships and all that, and you have broadcasting experience already. You know, how did you find yourself getting into that? You know, did you know people ahead of time? Did you just find yourself right place, right time? Um, here's how it started. I didn't have that much interest in broadcast until I started Full Sail, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started here at Full Sail, I heard of this thing called The Daily Buzz, which was a show that was happening back in the day. Mm -hmm. And immediately I started and I was like interested in the show. So like literally in month one, I was like, how can I get into The Daily Buzz? And mm -hmm. people were like, well, you are a student and you just started. so." What are you talking about? Like, pay, pay attention to your homework. But I really had that as a goal. I had that as one of my main goals while being a student here at Full Sail because I heard that they would do internships here and there. And I just wanted to get that experience, especially it was a morning show. It was mm -hmm. entertainment, pop culture, and that's kind of like what I love to do. So I started telling all my instructors so they all knew that I was interested in that. But mm -hmm. then the thing that actually got me that was you know, um, when I was a student, there was open door on Wednesdays mm -hmm. for career development because, you know, in career development, you only had an assigned advisor once you hit like, you know, three months before graduating. But, right. but you could still go and like meet with random people mm -hmm. on Wednesdays. So I started meeting with who would be my advisor. And every time I went, they're like, well, it's not guaranteed that's going to be him, but we're going to try. And I was like, well, if it's not him, then I won't talk to anyone right. because I already kind of started establishing that connection. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to start over with someone else being like, hey, have you heard of the Daily Buzz when we've right. talked, been talking about this? You've just talked to some other guy for how who knows how long. Yeah. So you want to talk to somebody else? No. Yeah. So I gotcha. Every time I went, I met with him and then we were kind of like figuring stuff out and being like, how, what can we do? And it pretty much happened. I was going to month 10 and to get an internship at the Daily Buzz, you had to be 10 months into the program or mm -hmm. further. So technically I was almost about to. And then it, when I was hitting month 10, month 10, the advisor was like, hey, they're having like interviews for an internship. Do you want to try? And then I'm like, well, if I can, I definitely will. Right. So I did the interview. It was my very first interview for like a professional mm -hmm. job, even though it was still an internship, but it was like a big deal. So I was freaking out. I was very nervous. Um, when they asked, like, tell me about yourself. You're supposed to tell about your great experience and stuff. So I was like, well, I'm 19 years old. I'm from Puerto <laughs> Rico. And I'm like, and then I was like, why do I say like, so I don't think I did great, but let's see, it's fine if I don't get it. Like I'll try next time. Mm -hmm. And then it resulted that I did get it. Like I did get, the internship, which I was, you know, so surprised. But because I've been meeting with this advisor since like month three, he knew my work ethic. And then he was sure enough to tell this hiring manager that yes, you can trust in him because he's responsible enough to do it. If it wasn't because I've been meeting with this person before and like I already had that connection, no one would have been able to talk on my behalf. And mm -hmm. then he probably would never take the risk of hiring a 19 year old for such a, a big you know important role and and time consuming so yeah i got it and it was great it was like my first real experience on tv and i feel like it's one of my favorite memories all right so here's a good bit so in a lot of your uh 
biographies and all that stuff when looking at LinkedIn and other places. It specifically mentions you like throwing in a Latino twist into pretty much everything that you produce. So I want to, as somebody who may not know, because culturally I come from a very different side of the spectrum, uh, what are some ways that you add that Latino twist, that Latin flair into the videos you produce? I always say that because one of my main goals is, you know, besides being a video producer that I love is being a host. And I like being a host in, you know, in, in the English market. So like being an English speaking host, but then I've been, you know, one time I met with this host and producer that, you know, I admire his work and I met up with coffee with him one time and he was like, why don't you just make that your brand? You're a Latino host and video producer. Mm -hmm. There's 3,000 white dudes who want to be the next Ryan Seacrest, but none of them know how to speak Spanish. That's something you have. And I was like, that's great. Right. You know, I used to be ashamed of my accent and like, I'm like, well, I could never compete with you guys. But then I started realizing that I have something that they don't have. Mm -hmm. And of course they have something that I don't have, which is the perfect English accent. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then I feel like that is the main reason why I incorporate Latino into hosting, but then incorporating Latino into video producing is because I'm just proud to be a Latino and especially nowadays it's for that to be out there in the world. You know, we're in very hard times right. in our country where the Latino audience might be, you know, experiencing some difficult moments and it's our duty as content creators to not just create content just because, but also create content that inspires them, that informs them whenever it's needed to be informed and also to entertain them because if they had a rough day the last thing they want to go is home and turn on the news and like listen to everything mm -hmm. that's going on in the world then they will turn on youtube and go and watch some funny videos about latina moms cursing you know and then that's something that i can produce because it's been my experience mm -hmm. so i it's transparent so yeah you're bringing that relatable culture yeah and, um, and it's transparent. your platform yeah yeah sounds awesome you know, everybody always has their mission statement and it sounds like yours is a very good and honorable one. Yeah. And it's taken a time a while to achieve. I feel like I started feeling more comfortable with it after graduating from Full Sail. Mm -hmm. Even when I first graduated here, I was like so confused up to like, what's my brand? What do I want to focus mm -hmm. on? But I feel like you will be feeling that until you're out there in the field. Right. And then you do something that you really enjoy doing and you're like, maybe this is my thing. And then you just keep doing it. So yeah, from a Hall of Fame attendee to now alumni returning, is there any kind of advice that you can give any student that's listening to this as somebody who's now been on both sides of the curtain? Yes, of course. Well, as a student, I feel like you need to make good use of your time. Like I know Full Sail is hectic and it's crazy. And of course it's hard sometimes. And sometimes you just want to go to sleep, but you have a project that's due like at midnight and yep. you have to rebrush before that 1159 marks um but you're also gonna have so much downtime that you don't think that you do because you're gonna be so tired that you're gonna be like on my downtime i'm just gonna sleep or i'm just gonna play video games mm -hmm. but then if you use your downtime to create content for yourself that's gonna benefit you after you graduate you know you don't only have a portfolio of projects that you did you have a portfolio of things that you've done that you're passionate about mm -hmm. you know that you didn't do it for a grade and then after graduating definitely just network with people don't be scared to email if you look up to someone that works in the industry and they have their like business email under Instagram do it I've emailed people and they respond 
Sometimes. <laughs> Not all the times, but, but sometimes. Someone will. Like, I, I emailed this person that I look up to because he's a host and a video producer for mm -hmm. a great company. And I emailed him once. It was like a very, you know, professional email and stuff. I put him, I put all of my links to my socials and my YouTube channel and stuff. And like two weeks later, he responded. And then I, I, I had asked like, hey, would 